Hello, friends. I'm Annie. And I'm Annie. You're listening to the Macros Universe podcast. Your weekly podcast for a dose of random facts, lightheartedness, health and fitness, and everything under the universe. Today on our podcast, we have Mindy Lee, and we're so excited to have her. So she's one of our friends that we met in Coaching Academy. And um, my first impression of Mindy is that she's like, I don't know, just like this peaceful guru. Like, that's just my impression. She just, (laughs) she just has this spirit about her that she just very knowledgeable and has this, I don't know, just this peace to her. So anyway, I've been like super excited with any chance to further work with her. And that's Mindy Lee. <laughs> you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, wait. Go ahead. We are do our random fact first. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry, Annie. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So our random fact of the day is that sharks existed before trees. Okay. So trees, as we know them today, is basically a trunk, right? A large height, crown of leaves, And trees actually didn't appear on the planet until about 360 million years ago. So I don't know. I thought it was surprising that sharks are actually older than trees because sharks have been around for at least 400 million years. Yeah, that's super interesting. Wow. Okay. How do you guys come up with these fun facts? It's called the lovely world of Google, but okay. Now let's talk about who existed before who then who all three of us who existed first. (laughs) Gosh, I'm going to guess that's going to be me. (laughs) You were born 30 years ago. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, I like this. I like this. Uh, roughly 30 years ago let's just go with that yeah yes yes. and then uh annie miller is uh we just said roughly 30 years ago (laughs) uh anyways that that's our random fact of the day i don't know do you guys have any thoughts on that i don't i just more like that is 100 random and i didn't know that (laughs) but now i do very random (laughs) we try to be as random as we can (laughs) gotta throw in some random facts (laughs) well done okay so you want to tell us a little bit about yourself mindy and kind of about like what your i'm just your life but your health and fitness journey and everything kind of up until this point yeah i would love to um let's see i am um i'm married my husband it'll be 20 it's 22 years this year. I have three children, one who's 19 and just sent her off to college just uh, two days ago. So that's crazy. Um, and I have a son who's 17 and then a younger son who is 10. So they pretty much kept me busy full time. Um, I did some homeschooling. I've done homeschooling with the two olders and, um, and now the youngest is homeschooling. And so full-time mom in it has been the majority of my married life um, until just recently where I kind of jumped into um, that coaching class. Gosh, when was that you guys about a, a little, about a year ago, maybe now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, my 
health and fitness journey, I think started, you know, as a young gal, um, when I started doing gymnastics, um, and just getting into a, a gym on a daily basis, learning about my body, flexibility, mobility, um, what did lack was the knowledge about nutrition. And it wasn't a big deal for me it was always very thin, always very flexible. Um, and that, that kept kind of the idea of even body image, not being an issue for me because I, I just stayed thin. I know gymnastics can get a bad rap when it comes to eating disorders and, um, and it didn't really shift until I got to college and, um, my body started changing and I wasn't working out as much because, um, I was doing less events and, um, and I just kind of became aware of the, the shaping and shifting of my body and then the comparison to others. And I think there were probably some adults in my life that could have managed that a little bit better when it came to coaches and trainers of being aware of that. But it wasn't till kind of post-college that I was understanding how nutrients can benefit muscle building, fat loss. And so I just continued a little bit into that journey to having kids. Um, and always doing some sort of, you know, hit classes and always enjoying leading the hit classes. I became a um, group fitness instructor, did some things with my neighbors. And um, then after 40, when I turned 40, I just realized I don't think I'm actually still giving my body the nutrients it needs for the goals that I have. And that's when I was introduced into macronutrients and since then have been kind of digging into it, trying to figure that out which led me to say, uh, led me to write into that class of like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do this coaching class because I've helped some my friends, I've helped my neighbors, I've led in this way with fitness. Um, I wanna understand nutrition better. And after following Amber and Biceps After Babies for quite a few years and seeing her understanding really come alive in kind of that same concept, like she was a fitness instructor, took classes, but could not understand why her body did not look as though she, that she wanted, right? Like my body composition doesn't show itself that I'm actually a fitness instructor. Where, what am I lacking? Um, you know, she has that one photo where she's 144 pounds in, in both photos and her body is completely different. Um, so really curious and wanting to understand that more. And that got me, yeah, really kind of up to this point where I'm now a, um, health coach. I call myself a mindset-based nutrition coach right now, mindset-based lifestyle coach, kind of morphing in habits and fitness and um, life goals all mixed together. I'm still sorting that out exactly what that sounds like and looks like, but that's where my passion lies and just being able to talk people through um, how to really fuel their body and uh, get some mind fitness in there to really strengthen their mind uh, is just is this passion. I have a passion for that for sure. Awesome. That's so great. Love it. Thanks so much. Okay. So Mindy Lee, you're in a PQ program right now. We kind of explain to us what PQ is and an overview of the program. Yeah. I was introduced into positive intelligence, uh, through, um, gosh, a parenting coach that I was seeing for a while. And it just got me really interested on, discussing how I sabotage my life and where the negativity comes in, um, kind of without me even knowing it. So, uh, PQ stands for positive quotient, um, and kind of like your IQ intelligent quotient, but your positive quotient, how, how high is your positive quotient? And I, I just really came alive to the idea that I could rebuild my brain and that I can put some new neuropathways in my brain 
with some positive thinking. Now that can sound like toxic positivity, positivity, which is not what I'm talking about. It's not like ignoring. Will you pause for one second? Cause I yeah. want to ask you about that. Okay. So your definition, cause this is something I feel like it has been thrown around a lot lately. And I feel like I'm kind of grasping it, but for you, what, what is pot? Hold on pot. Oh, I can't, I still can't toxic positivity. There we go. What is that yes. to you? <laughs> that to me is so annoying. Um, it, it, it is, it's looking at a scenario that is troubling or challenging and ignoring the fact that it's troubling and challenging. And it's just saying, oh my gosh, it'll work out. All things work out for good. Um, that's, there's a gift there. Just rather, rather than saying this looks really challenging. This is hard. This is kind of actually really sucky right now. We know that it's not forever and we're going to learn something through this and it's okay to be fussy. It's okay to be sad. Um, it's okay to be challenged in this. And, um, and maybe more of like, a, you can't, I'm not going to let you sit there for long, but it's okay to feel that. And I, I think that the distinction of being able to feel both, how can I feel this is crappy yet? This is not the end of the world. So holding those two, like a tightrope, how can I feel like you're walking a tightrope? How can I um, feel totally frustrated, hundred percent irritated with how my boss handled that situation, be real to myself and then not let it own me. And then also not just band-aid it with like, it's okay. It's going to work out just fine. So maybe this kind of neutral thinking, holding both of them and being able to, um, not let it make you go extreme either way. Like this is horrible, or this is not a problem at all. How do you hold both of them? That's what I think. I, is the proper thing to do. Toxic positivity would not allow you to hold the, the negative at all. Um, and I think it can get confusing in this, um, in the world right now of just like, think positive, good vibes, which yes, I don't disagree. Um, and also don't ignore that this scenario was probably really challenging and really hard and might've, and might've caused sadness or a response from you that needs attention. Um, I, I experienced this a lot in my early days in the church where it was just like, this happened to me. Um, and then someone would just slap some Jesus loving scripture on top of it. And well, let's not worry about that because this is, this is what we think now because God is good. And I'd say, I believe God is good. And I also had a shitstorm of a scenario just occur and I'm going to hold both of those. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so, so important to recognize because we do go through hard things. And sometimes in Christianity, we kind of get this blanket statement of like, oh, well, if you have faith or if you pray, God will take it away or whatever. And that's actually not true. <laughs> and that's not really how that works, you know? And, and I think that there's value in having faith and there's value in recognizing God's hand in our lives, but that doesn't take away the crap of the situation. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, and just like how I'm responding out of it too. Right. So it's a crap of a situation. So then am I being a crap to my family? It, you know, I think you can really have self-control in those moments and, and mentally, um, be still in those moments and, and hold both of them. And I think it's, you know, this, if you don't have enough faith or, um, that, yeah, don't need to get me started on those kind of comments in the midst of someone's struggle. That's not, I don't believe that's how God wants to, to meet us is not where we lack. You lack faith in the midst of hardship. No, that's not biblical. 
Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so do you want to tell us one of the what you feel like what's what's one of the most valuable things you've learned so far through the PQ program? Yeah, okay. So yeah, talking about uh, the PQ program. So the book Positive Intelligence by Shirzad Shamin, um, he uh, you know, went to invent this program um, through his own story of hardship and um, really recognizing his uh, saboteurs in his life, negative thoughts, negative thoughts. And um, one of the most valuable things I have learned through being of this program is just being able to uh, recognize how often my mind goes to the negative. I mean, on a, on a regular basis. And I think that's very early in the program. It's just like, start taking assessments, start being aware, start listening to yourself. And man, I have a lot of like second person accusation going on. Um, I have a lot of, um, and, and it might not even be harmful negativity, but it's like, it's like sneaky ways to, uh, being a little bit lazy or, um, and, and all these, just these being aware of what comes into my brain and then taking note and saying, wait, is that even, is that true? And is that a belief I live out of? And just recognizing how many beliefs that come through my head that are negative that I actually live out of. And um, what happens when you stop those thoughts, consider if they're true or not, rewrite them to be truth, and then live out of that truth. So let me see for an example. Um, my, one of my sons had a, a challenging day and was frustrated at me at the, the limits I put on him. And, um, and so now our relationship is in conflict because he's mad. I can hear, okay, now he's going to hate you forever. Your, um, your mothering, this makes sense because the way you mother, of course, he would make that decision. Um, and actually there's really, this is kind of a hopeless scenario that you're looking at right now. So I think of those three things. Okay, is this really hopeless or is this just a, um, you know, a bump in the road? Is this really gonna affect our relationship or will it actually bring us closer? Because sometimes the adversity and challenge of parenting and walking through it can, can bring you closer, right? And um, you're a bad mom because now there's strife between the two of you. Well, is that actually true? Or are you a good mom because you brought up the strife and you're um, aware of what's going on in his life and he needs to be called to more and you were the one who brought it to him. But I would have camped in those, probably those first thoughts, those negative thoughts, and then just been kind of self-pity and then handled the situation with him with like, sorry, buddy, I know. And it just like made a kind of a baby out of it or made him a baby out of it and babied him through it rather than thinking those thoughts and going, nope, I'm a good mom. I called this out and this was not okay. And so, and we're gonna walk through this because I believe we can reconcile and it can get messy and we can work through it. So to stop those thoughts and rethink what's actually going on um, totally makes the outcome hundred percent different, right? And he grows through it, I grow through it. Our relationship is better through it. Um, it's those scenarios that I just had no idea. And it's, it is constant from like, um, a lot of like accusation of like, well, I'm not surprised that happened because you blah, blah, blah. And, and I, it's just like, what is happening? Um, but we're prone to the negativity and that can have that negativity can come from, you know, early childhood scenarios, how you're parented. But even if you had a, like a magical childhood and, um, what we get thrown out here at life, we, we make vows, right? If something happens at work and it doesn't go right, my vow for that to never happen again, 
then I adjust my thinking to make sure that doesn't happen again. And, um, and we put up a, a guard or a mechanism, we survive. And then that's what controls our brain. Uh, and not often enough do we stop and consider what we're thinking. Just because we're thinking it does not mean it's true. And uh, thoughts become things. You know, one of my favorite mindset coaches, Colin Henderson says that thoughts becomes things. And um, I, I believe it, I've lived that. Now thoughts becomes things because I have chosen to think differently and take, take my thoughts accountable and say, hey, I'm gonna think about that and I'm gonna rewrite that right now and I'm gonna live out the, the new narrative. Oh, that's awesome. So powerful. It really is. Thanks so much for sharing all of that. Yeah, yeah. Love it. So Mindy Lee, people often think of getting in shape in terms of losing weight. You mentioned that from your early days that you didn't really struggle with body image or weight issues, but once you hit your college years and activity decreased, that's when things started changing. Will you share with us a little more about that? Sure. Yes. Um, let's see. I, my body chart started changing. Now, mind you, I still was this fit gymnast and probably had, you know, gained about 10 pounds. So maybe the average person was like, what are you even talking about? But I felt it. I could tell I'm trying to swing my body around and do these things. It was a little bit more challenging and I'm in a leotard in front of people. Right. So, you know, <laughs> you notice these things. Um, but what I found, uh, as I graduated and started understanding my body a little bit more is that I could stay thin, um, under the guise of like coffee and maybe like coffee in the morning till about two and then have kind of a lunch and then a bigger dinner and kind of repeat that. But the goal was to, was to stay, was to stay thin. And I didn't really have a problem doing that. Um, and I also wasn't feeding my body in a healthy way. So I definitely was in a caloric deficit, but so there's, there's two things we're talking about here. The goal of like staying thin is the goal. Staying thin will please people. Staying thin is what the world sees as beautiful. So I'm okay. Okay. I'll do those things. I'll do those things at whatever cost, you know, the amount of coffee that I would drink, or I just fill my body with um, nonsense and um, not think of it in the nutrient component at all, but I stayed thin. Um, but as I started getting older and I, I didn't, um, I, I just noticed how unhealthy I actually looked. Um, and so I started considering like, Hey, I want to, I want to put some muscle on. I want to, I want to gain, gain some weight. And there were times when friends would say, well, Mindy, you look really gaunt. Um, and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm really actually taking care of myself. I'm like eating better. I'm exercising. I'm, and I was fueling my body better. This is where it gets a little bit, um, a little hard to say, I'm, I'm going to do it, um, without trying to think of what your listeners are probably going to think to this, but it, it is, I soon found out that it was incredibly challenging for me to put on weight. And so I then, which some people call like skinny privilege. So in the world's eyes, that looked fine in the people whose expectations I thought I had to meet, that was fine. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't changing cause I was thin in my journey. The challenge was how do I, how do I put on weight? healthy, healthy weight. And how do I, how do I even do this? And so, um, it doesn't feel like that's common. I, and it's, an, it's a shame. Isn't the right word. It's embarrassing probably to say, cause I can hear voices already. They're like, Oh, that must be rough. And I've been in scenarios where like, must be rough to be you, Mindy. Um, 
always looking so thin in the midst of trying to put on weight. And I've just frankly stopped talking about it because it's, um, it's not that women don't want to hear it. Like, well, for me, it's challenging. It is hard. I work as hard to get my weight to a certain level where I feel healthy and strong and, um, fueled probably as hard as some try to lose it. I mean, you hear the conflict like the, it, it even, I can't even like articulate it. Like my mouth's getting dry. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable talking about it. Cause I'm just, it isn't, it's not, it doesn't feel common to me. Um, but I work, I work hard and I'm working hard at that now too. And this over, you know, I'm almost 50, um, trying to do it in a healthy way. Um, and I'm, and I'm just thin in nature and, um, yeah, it's challenging. You ladies, I can't, I, I don't like it. I don't like talking about it, but I want to be vulnerable for the sake of others in this moment, but <laughs> I'm challenged right now. <laughs> well, it's so great. Thank you so much. Cause I think so often we think we're alone, right? We're, we're the only case scenario, but I'm sure there's many, many women out there that have the same experiences as you or similar or feel the same way. And so it's, it's, I think it's important to not just hear about, you know, our, I guess the most more common things that we hear where it's like, oh, it's so easy to gain weight. It's so hard to lose weight, but there are a lot of people like you that have the opposite issue. Right. And then because it's not talked about enough, then sometimes it's almost like you feel guilty saying it because it's like, well, this person's having this an issue of losing weight and here I am or here you are, you know, have like you're having an issue putting on weight. And it's like, in a way, you know, you're like trying to share your experience, but you don't feel like you can connect with them. But I think it's really important because I know there are very many, many women out there that are going through the same thing. And like, thank you so much, Manuli, for sharing that and, you know, helping people understand that, you know, there's issues like that. There's always going to be issues. And just because your issues are different than someone else's doesn't make your issue less relevant or important. Yeah. 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 I appreciate you saying that. And I think it kind of goes back to the, the toxic positivity thing too, where it's like, for some reason, it's okay for someone to have a health or fitness goal that requires them to lose weight, but it's not okay to have a health or fitness goal to be healthy and gain the weight. If you need to, like we're, we're both, both sides of that coin are trying to achieve health and fitness. So if that's the ultimate goal, it doesn't matter if it's going to take a different path to get there. Both of them are acceptable and, or both of them should be acceptable and both of them should be allowed. Right. So I think think it's great. And I think like, hopefully we can create more spaces for people to talk about the issue and feel more comfortable talking about whatever it is, you know, if it is a struggle losing weight, or if it's a struggle to gain weight, like I said, the end goal is the same. We're trying to create overall health and fitness. So however that looks to you, it's about dialing in nutrition one way or another. It's about exercising the right way for your body. And, and so like just having that, realization that we can have a community, even if our goals look a little bit different, right. Or the path to the goal looks a little different. Definitely. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And that's really good words. I want to receive those on (laughs) for myself. And I, and I think the conflict comes when, um, the world is more accepting when you, uh, when, um, 
when my goal is thin, right? And so I can, if I'm not careful, just go, oh, screw it. I'll just stay like this because it's easier for, um, it will just meet, uh, maybe this, it, it just meets the goal of the standard of the world. And um, I'll just, I'll just carry on, but it doesn't meet my standard of health and it doesn't meet my belief in what I'm not, I don't want to be the world's standard, right? I want to go against the grain a little bit. And I also want to challenge whatever the world says is good and right. Um, so yeah, thank you ladies. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a clunky kind of conversation for me. So thanks for letting me clunk around. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about self-sabotage, what that means to you and how it affects your life? Yeah, I can. Um, a lot of different ways. I, like I said earlier, just as far as like mom, being a mom, you know, for sure, hundred percent, uh, questioning, um, it really comes into play doubting, doubting myself, doubting my feelings. Um, a lot of what, what are you, what you're not that, um, and I, I've switched that, like, it's not about what I'm not, it's actually about what I am. And, um, and it might be like, that's true. I'm not great at um, schedule keeping and that's okay. It doesn't make me a failure, but what I am good at is um, talking with people. So, you know, I know having an awareness of where your weaknesses are and your strengths and, but not letting your weakness determine that now my, my strength isn't void because of that. Um, so a lot of just that the exist, just, just, just existing as, as Mindy Lee, just existing as this person, um, is plenty. I don't need to, um, be good at all things. And I think that self-sabotage comes in when I doubt my feelings and challenging what I'm capable of. And, um, I switched that to, yeah, sometimes I make some mistakes when I think I'm feeling one way and it doesn't go how I thought. And I've challenged that with, you're right, I'm not smart at all things, but I am learning and I'm trying to learn more. And um, I'm, I'm willing to take the risk of looking like a fool in the midst of learning, if that's what happens. Uh, but yeah, through self-sabotage, mostly just being, being a mom and um, doubting, doubting myself. That's so great. So insightful. Like I love, I love the way you've talked about the shifts, you know, that you're like, I'm, I'm not focusing on what I'm not anymore. I'm focusing on what I am. And just that one shift alone. Like, I think if we can, we could all take that, like, so what are we, what are our strengths and try to focus a little bit more on those rather than focusing so much on the weaknesses and what we can't do or what we're not doing correctly. That's so mm -hmm. great. Yeah. And being, being teachable and a, a learner, right? Because it's as much as I'm like a communicator is really is, is some truth that I, that I'm not well organized when it comes to a calendar. Like those are, are really both true. Um, but this one I'm going to like take with me and really highlight the communication. And I'm going to take this one about organizing myself and say, I can, I can get better. I'm going to learn to get better. Um, it's hard for me, but I can, it's not going to name me, you know? So it, it, it takes a place in us and how do we live out of it? Um, and I just want to continue to learn and grow. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Right. Yeah. 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 Thanks so much for sharing that. Okay. Mindy Lee, you're on the board of a nonprofit organization, World Concern. Will you tell us a little bit about it, where it's based out of and how you became involved with the organization? 
Yes, I would love to. Uh, World Concern is a nonprofit organization based out of Seattle. And it's, it's about, it kind, of, it kind of is about extremes, this organization. They go to the end of the road to serve people in extreme needs um, because really they, they have an extreme calling, which is to be the hands and feet of Jesus to this like broken world. Um, and I, I like this. And actually one of their, um, on their website, um, they talk about transformation. That's like a big word. For them. And I find this interesting as I'm getting more into coaching and hearing people's stories and what their needs are. And that's exactly actually what World Concern does, goes into these places that are extreme or at the end of the road in villages that no one, like there's not even, there's not a Google map to them um, and meets them and sees that they are in need. But rather than telling them what they need, they ask them, what is it you need? What do you, what's going to help you thrive? What's going to make your life um, simpler or easier. And they, they see these people for who they are and where they're at and not just coming in and saying like, okay, let's change this. Let's change that. Let's, you know, do this. Um, if they have land, a lot of these villages are in, you know, um, at the end of the road, but they have these like huge plots of land. And so they'll say, well, have you ever, you know, consider growing something on this land? And, and, um, give them ideas and be innovative. And sometimes they're like, yeah, we have, but it hasn't worked. And, um, or no, we haven't. And World Concern comes alongside and it's like, well, let me teach you how this would work. And somewhat like coaching, right? Like, I don't know how to like fuel my body or take care of myself, but I, but I eat, we know that these people eat and come alongside them and say like, Hey, well, this is actually great what you're eating. Let's try it this way this time, you know? And, um, so World Concern sees the, sees the village, sees the people and says, um, I see you, you're worth my time. You're worth it to me to, uh, to be here and to teach. Um, and it's never quick, right? Again, like coaching, it's not. World Concern is about transformation of people's hearts and their lives. And I um, got involved with the organization. My family, um, we were at an event that they were hosting. My husband was moved by a magazine he was looking at, which was like right in time, right in line with the time frame that we were going to, um, we had this money that he felt convicted that he wanted to um, give away. And I wanted a new kitchen. He wanted to give this money away. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not so hard. He was, he was super sweet um, looking at this magazine. And I went, oh my goodness, what's happening? He's a, he's a tender vittle of a man and said, I know where we need to give this money. And so we donated this money to, um, to World Concern. And that launched a relationship with them. My kids and I have fundraised for their 5K called the Freedom 5K. I have a real tender heart towards protection of children. And um, this particular race is to help um, help stop child trafficking. So we got involved with that and through just other opportunities to fundraise, um, it's been this family journey that we've been on. And then uh, when I turned 40, I threw a 40th birthday party with a fundraiser for them. And that's a whole another story I can tell you about or <laughs> we can save or I can send you a podcast um, that I kind of share more in depth about it. Do it. Uh, yes, do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. In short, it was a it was a big call on my heart and um, a trust in God that I've never had before. And it it was an incredible experience that taught me so much. Um, 
So I continued to fundraise for World Concern in different ways, and they asked me to be on the board. And so now I'm a board member there. And, you know, talk about mindset. I walked into this room, and there are these people. At this time, I'm maybe like 42, and and they're just like they're in their fancy outfits, meaning like business attire and they're older. And I'm like, what in the world am I doing here? <laughs> you know, I just, I'm like, I am not business minded. I don't know how to, I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing here, except that I love the organization and um, sat down at the meeting and I just stuck with it. Right. Like I can be here. I can be here and realize soon just how, how gifted these people were. And I learned a ton in that meeting and saw why they were on the board. I'm like, oh, I see why you're on the board. I see why you're on the board. And now I see why I'm on the board. And there's a communication component and a um, kind of advertising marketing component that um, I lend my hand to. And it's really cool, one, to see just the body of Christ and how we're all, we're all created for different parts. And I see that in that. And it also was a real learning experience for me to say, yeah, you know, why not me? And um exactly why not you yeah yeah and challenge myself so that was great that was a big that was a big shift for me so yeah I love world concern and um it's it's just they are a great organization that walk the talk and I am very skeptical of a lot of (laughs) people organizations things um and I dug my heels in a little bit until I felt um peace and confidence in what they do and I I can't speak I can't speak highly enough about how they operate it's amazing oh so awesome it sounds like an incredible organization thanks for sharing yeah okay so what do you feel like your biggest failure is and what have you learned from it Ooh. okay um my biggest failure I would say my biggest failure is waiting, waiting so long to be um, affirmed or validated, maybe even approved. Um, trying to think of similar words, accepted that about about my story, um, particularly in my family setting and how I was raised. Um, challenging and traumatic. And, um, I waited a really long time to, to feel that I was heard and that what I was saying was true and right. And how I handled the situation was true and right. Um, and I, I waited to so long for that to become a, um, this, this thought that when this happens, I believe that when this happens and I'm affirmed and approved and recognized and validated, um, I will be complete. I will, I will have arrived in my wholeness of a human. And yeah, I waited too long. <laughs> I waited too long to hear that. And so what, what do you feel like got you past that hurdle? Ooh, good question. I think what got me past that hurdle of waiting too long and believing that, that I think what got me past the hurdle of believing that when I was affirmed and validated in my childhood story that I would be complete um, was the ability to finally share my story amongst people who could hear it and 
and do those things for me, validate it or affirm it. But bigger than that, dig into my heart and see where those beliefs were holding me back from being um, the true and real Mindy Lee that was born here on this earth to do what I was made to do. And um, so a lot of therapy, a lot of counseling and a lot of mind work of, I can see why if you believe this, you're going to live out of this. When I came to a place that I could say, um, I am, my story is valid, no matter what anyone says or thinks, or um, that was challenging, no matter what anyone else says or thinks or how, how they responded to it. Um, and then living out of that, then how do you, how do you shift? It's like literally like a, a pivot in, in your life on a posture that you just like take on. Um, but it took work and effort, mindset work, counseling. Um, and I mean, Jesus, a big, a huge dose of Jesus and his love and his affirmation that my existence is simply enough. And whatever anyone else says, um, actually is a little bit void <laughs> compared to what he says. Uh, but that, that is, that's the mind work we were talking about, like the neural pathways. And even in the church, they can slam these things like, um, you know, you're, you're a perfect creation. You were made in his image. You are fully loved. But when you have this trauma, so imagine this, like this road of, of these truths coming at you, but then you have the road block and the trauma that's like, well, those truths don't actually make sense because I have this trauma that's right in the way that actually speaks exactly opposite of what you're saying. And I experienced this trauma. I haven't particularly experienced what you're saying about God and partially because this trauma happened. So how do I believe these things? So working through that, that trauma with therapy and counseling um, and seeing it in a different eye and, a, and me not being, um, me not being the problem anymore, but the problem was, uh, kind of around me instead. I was, um, and taking away that shame that was involved in my story opened up room for these other neural pathways to say, oh my goodness, you're right. God says that about me. And now this roadblock is no longer here. And the road you can, you can drive right through the road now that says I am perfectly created in his image and I am fully loved by him. And, um, those people's decision, how they handled my story was, had nothing to do about me, had everything to do about them. So that's not toxic positivity. That's not just band-aiding the problem. That's like true, going back to World Concerns words, transformation that occurs when your mind is trained to think differently. And, um, but for so long, you know, since I was 10, you're trained one way and they just need, they just need rebuilding and broken down. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so good. I love that transformation that you talk about. That's so powerful. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Okay. I got another question for you. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> okay. If you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what advice would you give her? <laughs> Well, the first question is, would she listen? <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, what 18 year old's gonna listen? <laughs> clear, I'm not your mother, I'm you. So like, yeah, right? <laughs> I still think I might just give myself the middle finger. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, <there's your> 
there you go. Yeah, there's my answer. Just kidding. <laughs> I think um, I actually heard someone tell my daughter this, that um, a couple of things come to mind, but I heard uh, someone tell my daughter this, that, that it's okay to make mistakes and that you will, and that's okay. Yes. And I think there's, um, especially even just watching her grow up and launch off to college and just saying, yeah, that's, that's right. It is okay. And it, it does, um, it forms you and shapes you and it's okay. So, um, that, that would probably be one. Um, I don't know again that I would have listened to that and I didn't have a real perfectionist mentality, or at least I didn't realize it at the time. Um, so I don't know that I would have, yeah, like I would have received that, but like at a deeper level, just because where I was with my story and trying to leave my home, you know, kind of like I'm leaving and I'm leaving to go to college and I'm probably not going to be back very often. Um, I would just grab her face and I would say, there's, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, um, in fact, everything that, everything is right with you and and what happened to you is what was wrong. Um, the adults and their response to you was wrong. And then I would say like, so go be free in your rightness. Um, their response and what happened to you is not, does not determine your worth. Go be free in your rightness. And I hope that that, you know, little Mindy would be like, yes, that is, that is what I need. That's the neural pathway that I want to walk, you know? Um, Cause that's what I, I mean, if I'm honest, I got to say that to me myself every day. So I guess I don't go back in time too often. I actually do it on a regular basis of um, reminding me of that exact thing. Wow. That is so powerful. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. You guys are sweet. You're sweet. Making me think, making me go to my, go to my core, making me shaky. <laughs> I don't know if I lick myself right now. I think I would taste pretty salty, not sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. I showered. My sweat is no longer there. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay. So I have two final questions. The first yeah. one is, is there anything else that we should have asked you that we did not? Let's see. Um, I can't think of anything. I feel a little bit nervous right now, so I don't know if I could think straight. Oh, I do have a question. Well, yeah, for you, did you ever get your kitchen? <laughs> yeah. Are you done? <laughs> never. Nope. Never well, got a kitchen. One day, yeah. one day, right? <laughs> yeah. But we we help save a lot of kids. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, yeah, yes. it's more valuable. I could, I've survived. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's so great. Okay, well, tell us about where you're at right now with clients, and like, tell us about your coaching program, kind of what you have going on, and how people can connect with you. Yeah, thanks. I am. I'm in this. It, it feels like I've been doing this for a long time because I have connected with many people on fitness and health for quite some time. I feel like I became more official in the last uh, nine months, you know, and um, have some clients who I meet with weekly over Zoom. Uh, that's not true. I have one that it is a local person. And um, I, we just talked a lot about, you know, your big why, the, um, the, the reason, your motivation for even meeting with me. Um, 
we talk about the the meaning behind words that they use to describe themselves and where they came to be, um, where, where they came to find those, you know, definitions, uh, really getting into kind of a, a heart mind um, component that then um, allows us to talk more about habits and ideas on how they can live out the goals and the life that they really want to live. All in that is nutrition. And all in that is um, often, often is weight that people want to lose. But I'm convinced the weight that they want to lose is in their mind and in their heart and how they see themselves. Uh, so my hope is that transformation takes place as we talk and, and talk about their lifestyle and see what can be improved or what they want to improve. You know, one gal I meet with really is just like, I just need accountability. And it's just helpful that we meet weekly, Mindy, and you ask me about these things. And, you know, 10 weeks in, she's like, I'm doing it. I didn't even need you to ask me. I was ready to tell you what I did, you know? And so there's like habit coaching in there, lifestyle coaching in there. And also, yeah, how do we learn to be content with who we are in our body and also have goals um, to change our body? So body kindness, body love. Um, which is really just self-kindness and self-love um, that I don't, I just, we're not trained in at all. And that's where the mind work of self-sabotage and um, thinking positively and uh, rewiring your brain is really um, powerful in these, um, in these sessions. So yeah, right now I'm coaching um, clients. I have my first um, couple that came to me uh, and wants to work with me. So that's going to be fun. And they're both really different, um, but they want to meet with me together on Zoom and they want to, I'm sending them one email with all their information. You know, they want this to be part of their life together. And I love that because too often it's one, usually the woman yes. who wants to do these goals and the man just sits down, but this particular husband is like, no, I want in on this too. Like, what do Aww. we do? How do we do this? And that's awesome. Um, yeah. And even just a sweetness between them both of like holding each other accountable and, um, and just talking, but it's, but it's tailored to each of them because they're very different on how they want to go through this journey. So that's been a really fun experience and learning. I'm learning a lot working with them. Um, I, I really love the mindset stuff. I could see growing in that a little bit more. Um, but there's such a component there with nutrition and, um, fueling your body that is so crucial. Um, so it all, you know, comes together and then, and then trying to live your life and feel great about yourself. Um, I just, yeah, it's kind of that kind of package. So I just spoke with the business coach earlier today and I said pretty much that, and he's like, okay, so what again are your three pillars? You know? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, everything I just said, I really like <laughs> Isn't that your job to write it down? <laughs> <laughs> did you not, did you not hear them? <laughs> you know, so um, there's definitely a business side of things that I, uh, I really want to learn more about too, and just how to, um, how to grow my business. Um, but right now I'm really enjoying just these word of mouth people who have found me and, um, are interested and, um, I've been connecting with, and it's been really, really great. Uh, I haven't, I've on social media, I'm not using that as like my main platform right now. So, um, I actually had to write down, um, my, oh yeah, my, my Instagram is M L I R V. So M L Irv. And my Facebook is Minda Lee Irv. I have a lot of names. That one's M-I-N-D-A-L-E-E, -E, Irv. And then my website that is, um, is happening is coachmindylee.com. So that'll have kind of more of the places that you can access me. 
um, if needed. Yeah. So great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming and talking to us. And hopefully, I mean, I feel like it's just kind of a no brainer. Like you can just fill your spirit and your truth. And I just, I love the way you talk about transformation and everything that you have to offer, um, not Mm -hmm. just as a coach, but just as an amazing woman in the world. So thank you so much for coming and sharing that with us. It's so great. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Now you're making me cry. (laughs) (laughs) No crying. Now I'm going to cry too. So no, (laughs) you already made me cry during. (laughs) Yeah. This has been really sweet and really good for my soul. So, um, I didn't expect that. And I'm really grateful. So thank you both. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. All right, Mindy Lee, let's hear a (laughs) tongue twister from you. All right. If Peter Piper picked a pack of pickle peppers, how many pickle peppers did Peter Piper pick? Amazing. (laughs) Our family does um, to say unique New York three, five times. Unique New York, unique New York, unique New York, unique New York, unique New York. <laughs> See, that's what we need to do. We need to practice our tongue twisters. So when we go on our podcast, we're not. <laughs> Seriously. It's a good warm up. Yeah. Unique New York. New York. Unique New York. Maybe just stick with Peter Piper for a little while, Annie. Okay. Peter Piper, Peter Piper, Peter Piper. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I like Peter Piper picked uh Peter. See, and then my brain is like behind where my mouth. I know, is. right? <laughs> yeah, it's Peter a, it's Piper a picked his nose and <laughs> sat a ledge on a ledge of pickles, <laughs> <laughs> and the cow jumped over the moon. There you go. There you go. <laughs>